Yep. Hey, Breaking Brown family. Once again, it's Yvette Carnell coming to you every Monday and Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm back today, and I got something I need to talk about. But first, as usual, take a moment. Do what you got to do. I know most of you had a hard day at work. Get your libations. Get everything you need. Get everything you need. Okay? Because we got a live show coming up here, and we got a lot to talk about. And I'm not going to give people, even give people a lot of time today to get their libations. Okay? I ain't got time to give people a lot of time, you know, to get their libations. We got stuff we got to talk about right now. So if you're watching this, if you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to, well, we're not even doing Facebook anymore. So I want you to just hit the little subscribe button if you haven't already and hit the bell button so that you get notifications when we come up and so that you get notifications when I do a quick hit or something. Sometimes I don't always do it on Monday and Wednesday. Sometimes I do it at a different time. And so I want you to do that just so everybody can be on the same page. And everybody will know when something comes out. And hopefully you can hit the comment sections before the trolls hit the comment sections and all that good kind of stuff. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, go to breakingbrown.com. It's $2 a month. The newsletter comes out every Sunday. And it's links and stuff that I came across that I think, you know, we should, we should all read. Well, I read them before I send them to you to make sure they're any good. But to, to, to have an understanding of, of black politics and to better educate ourselves and to have a better political education. So that's $2 a month. And if you just want to subscribe, do that. You can go to, you know, so to help us out. You can, you can, you can subscribe monthly, three, five, 10, 15, $20, whatever, whatever, whatever we can do. Um, and I want to say, Hey, to everybody that's showing up in the chat right now, how you doing? And in a second, we're about to go to a video because I promised you something. I promised you something. That's the most important solution for the black community. Going forward, I promise to tell you what the most important solution for you, for us is in terms of our future in this country as treacherous as it has been. That was a promise that I made and I'm going to deliver on that promise. I'm going to deliver on that promise. And it's something that I have kind of hinted at before, um, but I haven't really gone all the way in. Uh, so I'm going to go all the way in um, this time. I'm going to go all the way in and talk about this because sometimes what happens on the show is that I talk about stuff and I don't go in depth. So sometimes people say, Yvette, why don't you talk about it? You didn't talk about that enough. You just kind of hit it a little bit and you didn't go further enough in and blah, 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 blah. And, and that's a fair criticism, right? It's a fair criticism. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do enough. I didn't go further enough. So I want Irony to play this and put it, put it up in the big screen if you can get oh, it to play. Size? Yeah, put it up. I want you to, I want you to watch this video. Full size. I want you to watch this video, and when this video comes back, I'm going to explain to you exactly why this video is important and what it means in terms of black life, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff. We're going to get back into the Cosby Show a little bit. We're going to get back into a series that y'all probably don't remember. We're going to talk about soul food a little bit, and we're going to talk about black life, and we're going to talk about the most important thing that black people have to do going forward in terms of black life. Okay? You ready, Aaron? Okay, let's go. Okay, so I was looking at this graph that was put on Uber's website today. And I thought it looked too good to be true. How amazing that Uber drivers make more money than any other type of transportation driver. But I knew from my own experiences as a rider that Uber didn't cost that much. 
So it seemed weird that Uber was really cheap as a passenger, but yet Uber drivers make so much money. How does that work? Well, we did some math to find out the facts that Uber doesn't want you to know. So here's the sad truth about the type of driver that is on the road for Uber right now. This is an image from Uber of the rates that drivers make in LA, 90 cents per mile. Now Uber has cut pay to drivers in Detroit all the way down to 24 cents a mile, but we're gonna stick to the 90 cents LA example for now. So I wanted to calculate how much Uber drivers actually get to keep out of that 90 cents per mile. Let's have a look. So first of all, Uber takes 25% of the cut for new drivers, drivers that signed on to drive for Uber from Q3 2015. So now we're down to 67.5 cents per mile. Then you have to deduct tax because Uber doesn't withhold tax on your behalf. So in some LA counties, sales tax is as high as 10%. And since Uber doesn't withhold taxes for you, the drivers are responsible for keeping this money aside to pay the tax department come April. So with the 10% deducted, we're now down to just over 60 cents. Now we need to factor in depreciation of a car. So a car is an asset like anything else and will eventually wear out and you'll have to buy a new one. Every mile you drive decreases the value of your car and brings you that much closer to needing a new one. This is a big problem if you drive for a living. You're going to need to buy a new car every two or three years, and the cost of a new car is pretty significant. The IRS estimates that the cost to drive a vehicle for work purposes is 54 cents per mile. And this is broken down into fuel cost at an average of 12 cents per mile, depreciation at 24 cents per mile, repair, tires, and maintenance comes down to about nine cents per mile, and insurance, license, registration, finance, fees, all that stuff averages out to about another nine cents per mile. So with the 54 cents depreciation repairs and fuel accounted for, we're now down to just over six cents per mile that actually goes into the hands of an Uber driver. Now, given that Uber also asks its drivers to pay for things like bottles of water and gum and phone charges for its passengers, we can say for certain that driving for Uber pays well below minimum wage, or even worse, costs drivers money as is seen directly in this actual fare that Uber charged one of its drivers. So given that the math is so bad, why would anyone want to drive for Uber? So here's an example of a post an Uber driver put on Facebook. He was $400 behind in the rent and he needed to make that money up really quickly. And in a way, Uber is kind of like a loan scheme. This driver gets $400 in his hand, but he doesn't realize that come tax time, he's gonna to need to give some of it to the tax man. And he hasn't factored in fuel costs or the cost for repairs or the cost for buying a new car in the future. This is exactly the type of driver that Uber wants. They're desperate for cash and they don't know enough about how Uber works to set aside some money for taxes and vehicle expenses. For these sort of drivers, Uber might be a good deal. They get cash in hand today, and sure, you're gonna to need to pay some of that back in taxes and car costs, but you get immediate cash to solve your immediate needs. So who cares? So for some people in desperate circumstances, that six cents a mile that Uber is offering might be an acceptable deal. But for most people, driving for Uber is a waste of time. I wish Uber would be more honest with people. By our calculations, the amount you're making an hour driving as an Uber driver is nowhere near $19 per hour. If you drive 30 miles per hour at 6.75 cents per mile, you're only making $2 per hour. 
by far the worst choice of any transportation job. And this number is not just my maths, it's also supported by the site Not Cool Uber, who have tracked hourly earnings to around $2.89 per hour. And after vehicle fees are taken into account, that number is around zero. Now, I'm not against carpooling services. We all need transport. And I know that I'm a frequent user of Uber and Lyft. But I think Uber is going about it in an unethical way, which makes me unethical for supporting them as a customer. Uber could easily fix this situation by reducing their commission or by making rates more reasonable or by giving riders the option to tip their drivers like we do in hospitality or just by being more transparent. But that would mean admitting that they've generated significant revenue from effectively exploiting their drivers. So the truth is Uber benefits from maintaining this status quo. Uber's currently reported to be making $10 billion a year in revenue. And that money has to come from someone. Just don't let that someone be you. But what do you think? Are you an Uber driver, an Uber passenger? What's your opinion? Have you got horror stories of your very own? Let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Hi everyone, I'm Jade Lovell. Everybody! Listen, did you all hear that? The only re and the only reason I brought up Uber was because so many people are telling me Yvette Uber's mm. great, Yvette Uber's fine. I can drive Uber, I can do Uber, and you, the only reason you think that is because you can't count. And it's not just, it's not just people as an Uber driver who are being robbed. What we see is also Uber is a way to mask the unemployment number. So you have people who are getting paid, but they're really paying to drive. And so you say, well, the unemployment isn't really that high because we got people driving Uber. So what that tells me is that we can't count. And you ask me why this is important. Why is it important, Yvette, that we can't count? What's the big deal? I mean, if people think they're making money and they ain't making money, people think the unemployment is low and it's not low, that's a big deal. That is a really big deal. But let me ask a question. The question that we need to ask right now, the question that we need to ask right now is how do we get here? And, and somebody said something in the comments about, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to try to get to it. But the question we need to ask is how do we get here? How do we get to a point where we can't count? What I'm going to tell you today is that we have been socialized as African-Americans not to be able to count. And counting is the most important thing to your personal life right now, to your political life right now, to, 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 to how you deal with everything in your life right now. Counting is the most important thing in your life. Math is the most important thing in your life. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you down a series of, of, of incidents, and we talk, we talk about the Cosby Show, and I'm going to show you how the Cosby Show socialized us to not be able to count. And it even socialized us, even before you get to the Cosby Show, let's talk about solidarity. Let's talk about solidarity, Iron Man. We got some more clips we got to get up. Okay. Let's talk about solidarity. All right. Clip number two. I have people, stop saying this to me. Whenever I say, whenever I say, whenever I talk about black people and reparations, the thing that always happens to me is I get people that say to me, well, Yvette, there are poor white people too. That's true. I never denied the existence of poor white people. What I will tell you, and what's been proven in the data, is that black poverty and white poverty are two very different things. You don't even have to tell them that. You got the, what is it, the New York Times is going to tell them that. And they live it. <laughs> we all live it. Even if you don't live it, you know somebody who's living it. 
Why are you advocating for somebody that's not you though? Like, look at this article. Black poverty differs from I mean you have a you have a you have a mainstream the lady of record, the, the news magazine of <laughs> the record, lady, yes. the great lady, yes, the great lady, I said the lady, the great lady telling you that this is what it is. And when you look at it, go to clips, go to clip three. More than two thirds of African Americans in Chicago live in an area where poverty is at least 40%. Now let me say that again. More than two-thirds of African Americans in Chicago live in an area where poverty is at least 40%. That's 10 times the number of poor whites who are similarly situated. That's poverty being different for black people than white people. That's just data. That's just facts. That's just numbers. So what I want to put that up there to tell you is to stop coming to me. Listen, I supported Bernie Sanders because in the, in, the, in, the, in the primary because I was faced with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, right? What I'm telling you, though, is that this whole thing where we raise up a class is not necessarily what we need. And what did you say, Irony, about that, about when you just raise up poor white people? When you raise up poor white people, the first thing they do is move away from, stop hiring, and <clears throat> make, their, make sure their kids don't go to school with any more black people. They just create, they just, they, 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 they're in a position to recreate racist institutions. Right, they go and they get a house in a gated community and then like use their political power with their, white, with their wealthier cousins, who are now chummy with them, <laughs> no, now, now we all good. Now we got money too. We all now good. we all got money. So let's make sure that nobody else gets it. Like so, when poor white people make money, they actually make life worse for black people. Like that's we need to be honest about that in, to, in our solidarity struggles. Yeah. When poor white people make money, the first thing they do is put their foot like on the head of black people. I got to make sure my kid doesn't. Now that I have money. I, I got to make sure my kid doesn't go to school with any more black people. Now yeah. that I have money, I got to make sure I move away from black people. Now that I have money, I got to make sure that I start a business and don't hire any black people. Yeah. Like, that's what poor white people do. So, like, saying yeah, that because, we're all Because poor, we haven't dealt with their racial politics. Yes. They still have this, you know, a lot of people still have the same racial animus. Right. Giving us all the same doesn't do away with that racial animus. No. We need an edge. Right, that's why I said, and when that's, that's counting, that's counting. And the thing about like most of our listeners know that white women were actually the major beneficiaries of affirmative action, yeah. all exactly. told at the end. Yeah. So what happened? So what happens with that is what they do with all of their new education and employment and money is they pool that money together with their white spouse and move away from black people. So, so then you have affirmative action once again, yeah. working in a way that punishes black people. Okay, now let's go. Now let's go to the second. Now I'm gonna take it to the Cosby Show. Put up number six, clip number six first, and then clip number five. Let's take it to the Cosby Show. Six first. Y'all remember this? Oh, hey, Y'all remember this family? Hold on, hold on. Let me get show the people. Uh, there you uh, go. <laughs> I'll put it in full screen. Uh, uh, uh. Y'all remember this family, right? I used to love this family. I used to love this. Fa- I used to love the Cosby Show. That family didn't start no trouble. Don't they didn't start no trouble. They were nice people and they loved their children. <laughs> nice people love their children. It's fine. Uh-oh. Should I switch it? Yeah, you can switch it now. Now, this is... I was talking to Antonio Moore. <laughs> I was talking to Antonio Moore. You all know he did a video. Go to Tone Talk. Subscribe to his channel. 
You all know he did a video about the Cosby Show, and I was talking to him, and he was like, lay it out. Because he already did the he already did the article a while back, and if you want to read it, just check out his article. It was up on HuffPost. It's, you know, that's the title. You see it right there in your face. Cosby Show Dreams and African-American Financial Realities. Now, let me tell you how the Cosby Show put us in a social condition where we couldn't count. The Cosby Show socialized us not to be able to count. It was a lie. I mean, it's hard for us to understand that, but the Cosby Show was a lie. So let me just say this. Do y'all remember, if you, all, if you all watched this show a while back, you all remember there was a black doctor who used to call in. And he called in and talked about how he was burdened with debt. That's what he talked about. He was burdened with debt. And how he didn't have the money people thought he was supposed to have because he was a doctor. He was burdened with debt. Now let's take that to the Cosby show. We have two black professionals here. One's an attorney. And one's a doctor. And we're supposed to live life through their professions and see them and say, well, they're professional and that's how they got there. Not understanding that they get there not through, you get there not through professions, people. Wealth is not about professions. Wealth is about assets. It's about that house that they lived in. That's where the wealth was. It's about businesses. That's where wealth is in terms of when you talk about when people, when white people have assets and what they have. That's what they have. But you have to understand, they gave us this middle class ideal. But what, but this was a filthy rich black family under the guise of this is a middle class life. And you say, that, what do you mean? So I had somebody in the comments say, that was an $800,000 house. No. This was a $700,000 house in the 1980s. A $700,000 house in the 1980s. Let me, let me see if I can read to you something really, really quick. Because you, you need to understand the financials of this situation. It says, while viewers believe the Cosby clan lived in Brooklyn Heights, the real home was located at 10 Leroy Street in the West Village. Then, in 1984, a Brooklyn House, a Brooklyn Heights brownstone would have gone for around 700,000. Now a Brooklyn Heights brownstone would cost 5 to 7 million. What you have to understand is that these black people were in that $700,000 house in the 1980s. Understand what that meant. That meant in today's terms. Let's put this in today's money. That's a five to seven million dollar house, like it read. Five to seven. Five. If you if you know somebody's in a seven million dollar house, that's not black middle class. That's not what black middle class. That's not what middle class. Look, that's not. That's not middle class. Middle class like a hundred thousand dollars. That's not middle class. Now understand something else. You're talking about putting a hundred and forty three dollars down. Right? You're talking about an $18,000 mortgage. You're talking about an $18,000 mortgage. That's what they fed to us. And we couldn't count. So we considered that middle class because we couldn't count. We can't count. We don't know. So what I'm telling you in terms of an $18,000 mortgage, in terms of $143,000 down, understand what that means. That means that no black people are doing that. 
Especially no black people doing it in the 1980s. There was no middle class family. What family do you know in the 1980s was, was putting that kind of money down in the house? Tell me. What kind of family do you know in today's terms that we have a $7 million house and we would call that middle class? They were never middle class. And so because of that lie, we didn't understand anything. Because of that lie that was told to us, we learned not to count. So we don't know how to count because they lied to us and gave us these multimillionaire fictional black people to prevent us from understanding what wealth was and what income was. Wealth versus income, they're not the same thing. So what they left us with was seeing wealth through the prism of two working class black professionals. But two working class black professionals ain't never had that. Two working class black professionals ain't never had that kind of money for no house. A doctor and a lawyer are not right now in New York living in a $7 million house. They ain't. They do not have $143,000 a doctor and a lawyer to put down on the house. They don't. We never heard about their student loans. These black people were supposedly to put Sandra through Princeton and to put uh, Denise through Hillman and, 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 and Theo through NYU. With what? The only vehicle they could have used to do that was their house. And we never saw an episode about that house. We never saw an episode about that house because what you have to understand is that once you get a house that's worth that much, you're not talking anymore. You're not talking anymore about, well, we all just live in the house and this is all our house. That house is now an ATM. That's how people deal with those kinds of, when you have a house that's worth that much, that's what it means. That's an ATM. Now, that, ain't no, that ain't just a house. That's an ATM. You can refi, you can second mortgage, you can pull money out of that house, do everything you got to do. Now, I'd have been fine with the Cosby Show if they had showed, first of all, how'd you get that house? Did you inherit that house? And how do you pay for the property taxes? But if they had showed how they were using that house for their kids, then I'd have been fine. I'd have been like, okay, great. Show me that. But they didn't show me that, so you may as well give me Sanford and Son. Although, you know, Sanford and Son ain't perfect, but they're working class. But they're not perfect because even a lot of the poverty shows, with exceptions like Good Times, doesn't show us the, the strain, right? I mean, in my opinion, we need a lot more indictments of policies and of, and, of, and of how black people are forced to live and a lot less aspiration. Again, I want more, in terms of black art and black culture, I want more indictments and less aspiration. That's what I want because this Cosby Show stuff is a lie. And it, I say that as someone who watched the Cosby Show. I say that as someone who enjoyed the Cosby Show. $143,000 down. We're talking 80s, 1980s. Come on, man. You're talking about, that's what you're talking about because you're talking about 20%. Tell me what black person you know in the 1980s could put down $143,000 <laughs> cash money. Come on, man. And we call that middle class. It was a lie. It was a lie to make us believe if you clean and you nice, you can do that too. But more than that, it was a lie so that we don't know how to count. We're conditioned not to know how to count. And it's not about wages at that point. It's about you live through that house because that house is worth so much. You live through that house. 
You live through, they live through that house. Those kids went to school through that house. A house that no other black people can afford. Because it, it was a story. It was a lie. You know, I, I, I just, I, I mean, I think about that. And I think about how the show shouldn't have been about two professions. Because you don't get that house with two professions. That's just not how you get that house. How do you get the house? You get the house by being white. How <laughs> you get the house by being white. There's no way that you don't get the house by being African American in the 1980s. Like you get the house by being a white person. If you want to, you because you have a, you have that. You have you have that wealth. The wealth is still in the system, and the slave and the, and the poverty from slavery both still here. If you want that house in the 1980s, you would have had to been white. Just like if you wanted to be Zuckerberg, you would have had to been white. If you wanted to be Bill Gates, you would have had to been white. It's just what it is. It's just the truth of the numbers. We got to start counting. And I'm not just talking about counting like this. I'm going to get to this. We got to start counting in our personal lives. We got to start counting all the way around. I want to see the college debt. Put up clip number seven. Let's talk about soul food. Y'all remember this show? I said I was going to get to this. Y'all remember this show? You can't be white. You can only get what white people stole. Somebody said, how can we be white? You can't. You can only get what they stole. Reparation. Get what was taken from you. That's how you get it. Okay? So soul food. I'm going to teach you how to count in your personal life. Do y'all remember? Hey, Ariana's watching soul food right now. Who? Ariana, go ahead, Ariana, watch it, and, and I want you to, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to break it down. It's on Aspire. It's on Aspire, is it? I don't know what Aspire is. So, remember in Soul Food that that Terry was the one that went to law school and became an attorney. Does anybody remember that? Terry was the one who became an attorney. So. Terry became the attorney. I remember watching the show. There was a house that Terry's parents lived. And they all, they all, they all siblings. The siblings' parents lived. Big mama and them, she left the house. And everybody, Terry always had to pay the property tax and whatever. And everybody was like, you know, the, then the other sister wanted to stay in the house. And she was married to an ex-felon who dealt drugs and all kind of stuff. And, and she was like, Terry, you wrong. You make good money. You should let us stay in the house. It's our house, Terry. It's our house, too. And it's our mama, too. That's just wrong. That's just not how you count. There was no reason that Terry shouldn't have had everybody sell their house and Terry take the money to pay out her student loans. And then they split it up. Because what I'm telling you in terms of life, you have to start, if you're a parent, you have to start having some reward and punishments for your children. What do you tell your children to do? You cannot tell your child to go to, to go to college. Now, we've all had conversations about the limitations of college right now in this economy. But you cannot tell your child to go to college. And then when that child gets out of college and is saddled with debt, tell that child that you're going to leave a house to everybody. You're going to leave a house to the one who never did nothing. You're going to leave a house to one who is in and out of jail. We should all fight mass incarceration because it's systemic. But in terms of your parenting, you have to institute. You have to institute something that matters, which is reward and punishment. You have to institute counting into your life. If I tell you to do something as my child and you do that, I tell you to go to school because a lot of you people are at the graduations cheering. That's my baby. 
But you don't want to have anything to do with that debt. And when you leave stuff to your kids, you don't say, well, sell this house and pay off this child's debt. Because I told him to go to college, and that's an achievement that I appreciate. And then, then after that, y'all split it up. You don't do that. And you're going to have to implement that into your personal life because that is called counting. And that is called being fair. And that is called creating a hierarchy where you reward people who, as a parent, do what you say. And you punish people who don't do what you say. You cannot treat everybody equally. You know, what you should do, there's a thing you should do in terms of, in terms of, in terms of parentage. What you should do in terms of, you, you know, in terms of inheritance and succession. These are things that you have to implement into your life that has to be a hierarchy. Because this is something that already exists in, in, in everybody else. Like every other culture already has this instituted. It already has this instituted. You know what I mean? It already has, like there is no other culture. There is no other culture that doesn't institute this already. So we have to start doing this too. You have to start, you have to, you have to start counting. I don't care what, because, because what happens is, no, if nobody gets rewarded, like people in your life will see that some people just don't get rewarded. So what's the point? Like if, if this person didn't get rewarded for doing exactly what you said, then what's the point of me doing it? You have to restructure your life. Like African-Americans, black people in this country, we have to restructure our lives in a way that matter. We have to set up what we need to set up. Okay, that's something that, and I was looking at that, I was looking at that soul food and I said, wow, I didn't think about it at the time, but it's really important in terms of understanding black life. And the reason nobody ever says anything is because, you know, even in terms of, even in terms of black college students or whatever, we never talk about our debt. We never talk about our debt. Like there was, we put, we put forth like a week of, I have said many times. I have said many times on this show, when I'm talking to you, I have said on this show that we're not doing things right, that we have to learn how to count. And Soul Food made it end well, but that's just not enough. Like they tied all the bowls together, and made, but no, you're going to have to start learning how to count. Like, like, like even when you go, like, I'm going to just say, like, even when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, right? You're the person, you're a black professional. Or you graduated school and somebody said, oh, they have a good income. Are you going to bring, are you going to bring the Thanksgiving turkey? Are you going to bring the mashed potatoes? Listen, remember that thing? Black women have, black women who are college graduates got $11,000 in debt on average. Black women who are not college graduates are at zero. Zero is better than negative 11000 I ain't bringing the turkey. Why? I got to pay student loans. You got to start telling people that. I got to pay student loans. I ain't bringing the turkey. Forget your turkey. What do people got to do with their credit cards, though? What they got to do with them, Iron? What they got to do? You tell me, brother. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> the credit cards got a lot of people confused. Credit, credit card. cards ain't money. Credit, credit, <laughs> say that again. Credit cards ain't money. But I can buy things. It ain't wealth either. But I can buy the things I like to buy sometimes. Yeah, with somebody else's money, and then they're going to charge you interest on it. Yeah. Credit cards ain't money. So if you think yeah, you have money... In the vet's house, you don't bring no turkey, you just bring Sally May letters. <laughs> 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 no, I'm going to bring the ice. 
<laughs> I'm gonna bring the ice and I'm gonna bring some. What y'all want? Pepsi? You want Pepsi? You want Coke? I ain't bring. No, I got. Do you know? I got student loans. <laughs> That's what you say. I can imagine if at, at a dinner party or uh, going out to dinner with her friends and everyone's like divvying up the check. All right, so how much you owe? How much you owe? I see. I didn't bring my. And the vet says, "See, I didn't bring my." I didn't bring my cash, but I, I got my letter for my loans. Can I just yeah, I got my letter for my loan. <laughs> can, can I put that? And that joint comes out of my account every month automatically. <laughs> I, I put- ain't got no. How are you going to be a zero? See, that's the thing. We don't count our debt. How are you going to be a zero debt? Because you didn't go to school, and that's fine. But I'm in I'm all this debt, regardless of whether or not I should have went to school or whatever. I got a lot of debt. <laughs> I got a lot of debt. So, no, I can't. Don't look at me like, oh. You got a degree, you went here, and you got this job. No, that's that don't count that. Count this debt I got. Count your debt first. I ain't got it. I got ice and Pepsi. I ain't bringing no macaroni and cheese. I ain't bringing no collard greens. I ain't got no money for noodles. <laughs> I'm telling you, because if you're paying your student loans, you don't. 12, somebody said 12 pack of Budweiser. You, you, you skippy. You got to start counting. Because what happens if you don't do that, you get taken advantage of. Right? So that's what happens. So what has to happen in your personal life is that you have to start counting. Not only for yourself, you have to stop counting for your kids. And what's happened is that family has made black people not able to count. Because what happens when you try, when you try to start counting as black people, people tell you, that's your family, girl. You can't be like that. Or that's your friend, girl. You can't be like that. Or that's your cousin. No, I got to count. This is my life. And when you start counting, maybe you will start making different decisions. I, need, I don't need just to count by myself. I need you to count too. I need you to count too. I need all of us to count. We all got to count. So maybe you won't lean on me because you can count now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm all in favor of us helping each other. But, you know, it's almost like that old Chris Rock joke, where you helping you you helping this guy get in and out of jail, and I'm not. I let's we should all band together and change the criminal justice system. <laughs> we should all do that. That should be our top priority. But you can't be in a position where you're helping the son who goes in and out of jail all the time. But when 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 the son who graduated says, "I need some help on my student loans," you ain't got nothing. That's not a good reward system. You need to help him out first because he did what you said. He did what you said. That's all I'm saying. You have to change the way you think. You have to count. And you have to, if you're a parent, you have to take care of those kids who did exactly what you said. Because you have to show that what my word matters. And to show that my word matters, I'm rewarding most the person who did exactly what I said do. I said do X, Y, and Z, and they did it, and they get it. I bet you, I bet you that's the way you know when you, and everybody else already does this. Ain't no just we family. He, this person done came in the house and stole from everybody's pocketbook, and you talking about, but we family. Last year they committed credit card fraud on me, but you talking about we family. How? And how is that good for me? I think we have to, we have to get involved in terms of black politics. We have to do that. That's the big stuff. In terms of mass incarceration, in terms of evictions, in terms of all this stuff that we always talk about. But I'm talking about how you live your personal life right now. I'm talking about how you live your personal life. 
That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about how you count. I had somebody tell me, well, Yvette, you know, one day I was talking about, um, when, when we were talking about the woman driving Uber and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't blame her at all because she was actually working one job and took on Uber as a second job. She took on Uber as a second job. So I didn't blame her at all, but I said that Chick-fil-A might not have been a good decision because it's eight, nine dollars. And somebody told me, well, Yvette, you got to pay anything is eight or nine dollars, Yvette. You can't have a meal under eight or nine dollars. And I said, what planet are you from? I can go right now and get a can of beans from Kroger for one dollar. If I want to splurge, I can have some rice. Hey, Yvette. Yeah. Look at YouTube. And can you read uh, Marianne Doe's comments? What was it at? Marianne Doe? I don't see her. I must have missed her already. She's at the bottom. Okay. Sometimes I want to cry because, uh uh-oh. Because uh, because I want to be a raw foodist lifestyle, but I'm pinching pennies for a can of ravioli at the dollar store. That's black life. That's black life. That's black life. Without raw food. And people. you know, listen, listen. I'm mostly plant based when I'm at my house. <laughs> when I when I'm in my room, I'm plant based because I can get I can go and get ten for ten black eyed peas and 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 some rice and and put some tomato on top, and I'm good. Less than ten, less than eight dollars, like my example, people. I don't know who's talking about. We can't. You can't eat for less than $8. But let me tell you something. When I go out, I might have some meat. You know why? Because meat is priced in my price range. If I have a vegan meal, you know if you see the vegan meal, you will see sometimes a vegan burger that's like $11. But I can get six wings for $6. Because they know that the people normally who buy the vegan meal are the people who had the money to buy it. So they up price it. So I ain't going to do it. I can't do it then. I can only do it at my house. If I go out, it's probably going to be lemon pepper wings. That's what it is. Because you have to understand how these things are priced. So don't feel bad about wanting to be a raw foodist and you got to do that. That's just the way it is. You got to have your ravioli. And ravioli is tasty. That's all I'm saying. Don't feel bad about it. This, 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 it's set up this way. It's set up this way. That's, that's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing we can do about that. I'm, like I said, I'm bringing ice to the Thanksgiving dinner. And the people who ask you to help them, I just, like I said, I just want to know if they ever ask you to help you pay for your student loans. These people who ask you for help, we need you to do this. I need my light bill. Hey, I have a $300 or $500. You went Ivy League, you probably got $1,000. Do you, can, you got what you got on my student loan? Asking people that, what you got on my student loan? If you went to college, ask that. Cause you got bills, and you don't. You gotta stop acting like you don't have bills. You gotta stop acting like you don't have student loans, and just ignoring it. Like, well, I do have a good job. You do have a good debt too. You know, there are black people with both good jobs and good debts. What do you say about that? Like, how do you uh, like? It ain't no such thing as no good debt. Good. Okay, so I'm talking about like, you know, you got, uh, uh, you make $90,000 or $110,000, but you still owe sixty. You're, you're, st- you're not you're right. You're so far dead. Like, you can't talk about none of that until that's paid off. You can't, you can't talk about anything. I mean, you might as well set your, set your phone up to say, if this is a call for a loan, I have this much in student debt, I can't help. Because oh. you can't. That's real debt. That's real money. You cannot do it. I, I, and, 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 and nobody, you know, nobody wants to call it what it is. 
You know, I eat out sometimes. You know, I love my veggie burger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were part of it. Yeah, I try. You burn a lot of calories on this show. <laughs> that's veggie burgers fulfilling. I have onion rings. But that's not nobody's business. But I'm just saying, but I didn't. But see, the thing is, I didn't bite off as much life as y'all bought off. Like, I didn't bite that much life off. I don't have a bunch of kids and a whole lot of stuff going on and uh, $300,000, $200,000 house. I don't, I don't have all that. I don't have none of that. I don't have all that. You, If you bought off a lot of life, you need to go and get some beans and some rice and call it a day. Because you can really season that thing up and it'll be delicious. Put a little cinnamon in your rice. I mean, just do what you got to do. I mean, we live in a country where we live in a country where it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than any other country. America's food is cheaper than any other food. That's the only thing we have. That's the only thing we got in this country that's an advantage is cheap food. So Corinne actually says something that's uh, that's pretty important. So if if you are a black middle class, solidly middle class family, you, you somehow think you made it. How many people like that do you know who've actually succeeded in paying off the debt and don't have to bail out any family members? I don't know none. <laughs> Period. Or like, friends. Or friends. Or friends. I don't know none. Don't have to bail out anyone. I don't know none. I don't know anybody. That's what freedom's like, I think. Yeah, freedom means that your friends are stable too. Right. But well, we don't want stability. We want to leave everybody. Like I said the last show, Kanye West, don't you see the private jets flying over me? Everybody like that. Like, nigga, you ain't got what I got. Okay, but I don't, huh? Like, that's not what I want. I want solidarity with my people. I don't want my people telling me how I ain't got as much money as they got. I don't want that. That's yeah. not a good life with a bunch of other, with a few black people who have a little bit of money telling me that I got to, I, I got to have the money that I don't have the money they have, so I should feel bad about myself. I stopped listening to rappers who say stupid stuff like that. Yeah. It's not even, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Let me just, let me just address something. Do you think Kanye's got to bail out his family? Huh? Do you think Kanye's got to bail out his cousins and stuff? I don't think he's probably talked to them no more. I mean, after his mama passed and then his cousin sold a sex tape, I don't think he, I don't think he talked to him no That's more. That's true. If your cousin's selling a sex tape, that means he's already asked you for money and you were like, no. Nope. You already had to, he already had to give him like $200,000. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to you no more. Whole family dead to me. <laughs> y'all should have, y'all should have, y'all should have grabbed that little Negro outside and just beat the snot out of him until he gave up the tape. I got to get him $200,000. Well, I ain't got no money for nobody else. <laughs> so I'm trying to say, I mean, let me say something else. There was an awful analogy used recently. I'm not going to mention no names. I'm not going to mention no names. But there was an awful analogy used recently in an interview. Since somebody mentioned it on the beginning of this, 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 on the beginning of this um, video, I'm, gonna, I'm going to address it. About how you have to climb to the top of the mountain. And how you have to climb to the top of the mountain. You have to just keep trying to some other bull. Now, I was talking to somebody, and it was about black wealth and how you have to climb to the top of a mountain. And this person has been taking passive-aggressive shots at me for some time. So I think it's, you know, after I left it alone, I think it's best that I take a shot back. I'm not trying to be mean, but here's the thing I would say. When you compare, when you compare white wealth and black lack of wealth, it's not an accurate comparison to be talking about climbing to a top of a mad mountain. Right now, what we're looking at in terms of income inequality is they're on satin and you're on earth and you're using mountain tools to climb the satin. That is stupid. <laughs> That's good. That's good. 
They're all the way out there in outer space. You have no rocket, but you're trying to climb to Saturn. Now, let's, let's take it a step further. Even if you want black people to climb with you on the mountain, all the way to the top of the mountain, do you know? See, this is a thing that people don't do. They don't watch documentaries before they say stupid stuff. Watch a documentary called Everest and all these other documentaries about people being on mountains and climbing the top of mountains. These are, these are white people who have, who have all that stuff together and who have all of the wealth in the world. They have all of the wealth in the world. And what they do is say, you know what? I have achieved. Now I want something extra. I want another challenge for myself because I have already achieved. That's Maslow's hierarchy. Once you, you, in order to do that, you have to already have your survival down pat. Nobody climbs a mountain without being able to survive. Those people you seeking on that mountain, they already got the other stuff. And they said, now I want new challenges. I need new challenges. We don't need new challenges. We need to be able to survive and then we can move to thriving. Right now we have 7 out of 10 black people, black kids who are born into the middle class who are downwardly mobile. You're talking trash. Okay? So what I'm going to say about that is this. I think it's an absolutely appropriate an absolutely appropriate, absolutely appropriate analogy. Because what this person is doing is taking black people somewhere to get them killed. Because if you don't know about climbing mountains, you don't have that expensive equipment, you don't have the skills, you haven't been doing this for years, and a black person comes up to you and says, let's climb Everest. You're not going to make it down Everest. You don't know enough about Everest. You're just talking. And that's a problem. So I think the analogy is perfect. I think the analogy is perfect. Because you are doing, you're going to get a lot of black people hurt and killed. I think that's perfect. I think that's a perfect analogy in terms of climbing a mountain. Because you don't know nothing about climbing a mountain. You don't know nothing about getting Everest. You don't know nothing about getting up there. Who uses an analogy like climbing a mountain without ever trying to climb a mountain or, or watch something about a mountain? Well, they talking got, to black people. Well, talking to black people. It's like that time, it's like sailing a boat. It's like that time we sailed and we did this stuff, and you remember how the water went? No, I don't. I don't remember nothing about that. And you don't either. You just lying. Stop lying. It's not good to lie like that. It's not healthy. It's not healthy to just keep saying stuff, and it's not healthy to keep going in on me for three weeks for telling the truth. That's not healthy either. So I'm going to let that go, and we're going to go to the phone. You put the phone number up. I'm, I mean, it is what it is. You just, I mean, I'm tired of it. I'm sorry. Someone said... Insert name, walked a 5K, and it went to his head. <laughs> yeah, walk. <laughs> you walked a 5K. And man, run. I can run three man. miles in my sleep. What's eight five 5K, three miles? Come on, man. I mean, but, dude, come on. Just stop saying this stuff about, like, we're going to climb them out. No, these, these people, like, do you understand? Like, I really wish the people who said, I really wish, just read Thomas Piketty's book. Thomas Piketty's book tells you that wealth inequality is at the highest point it's ever been on, like, earth. <laughs> and like these people have just taken everything they've stolen all the dreams and you're telling me that like it's like mountain climbing and you don't know nothing about mountain climbing, you don't know nothing about mountain climbing. oh god and then the people in the comments like yeah you go you, you right no this is stupid how you not see this is stupid you're gonna get a bunch of people who don't know about mountain climbing because we've never been in a space to mountain climb what happens when you die in debt what happens when you fall off a mountain? What happens when you fall off a mountain? <laughs> Same no, thing. No, I'm just saying. Same thing. No, we were, I, I saw a YouTube comment where a woman said, we had to go and we had to get a loan to pay for my aunt's funeral. 
Somebody said Google mountain climbing. Google mountain climbing. See if you can climb. I want you to Google mountain climbing. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm let you finish. I want you to Google mountain climbing and then try to go climb a mountain and see what happens. Now, when your toe falls off, because that's I've I've actually watched these documentaries on mountain climbing. When your toe falls off, I want you to call me and say, "Vet, my toe fell off." I want you to just call me and say that. Say I was wrong. I didn't know about mountain climbing. These was, people have been studying this for years, and you're just like, well, when you're climbing a mountain. Oprah told me I can climb a mountain. Yeah, Oprah lied. You better bring your ass off of there. What's wrong with you? We got other stuff to solve right here. And then why do you need to climb the mountain? It's not even like we're in a space where we need to climb the mountain right now. We can go around the mountain. You know how you go around the mountain? Black politics. So, let's get this going. Let's get these calls started, people. Let's have this conversation. I got 202. That's DC. These are your people. <laughs> what happened? Hello? Hello? Somebody said people been coming in. Uh, what you call it? They couldn't hear him good. Hello? Hello? Yes. Am I on? Yes. Yes. Hello, is this me? Yes, it is. Damn. Oh, okay. This is a, this is a DC native. Hey. Hey, okay, how you doing? Um, tune in to you, so I heard, uh, I saw the notification thingy. Um, I left a comment in the chat, and I was on another hangout, well, not a hangout, but a YouTube live video, and I wanted to address the, the, the title you're talking about, The Most Important Solution for the Black Community, mm. and I just wanted to bring up an issue. I brought up in the comment section, and I'm going to say something that's very controversial. This is not... The only solution, excuse me, not the only problem, but this is one of the problems that I see, and this is something that I've experienced. Okay. You have, you, your women typically are not going to be your builders of a community. Your men are. The women genuinely, they, they facilitate. They're going to follow the power. The men have to go out, and they have to establish Ooh. the community. They have I'm to build the physical gonna... infrastructure. Uh... They are your builders. <laughs> And what I'm seeing. So, like, here's the deal. It's just something like black women have been working, like, forever. Like, black men are the ones who are out in and out of the, 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 the labor market because the political economy in the United States doesn't need black men anymore. But, like, black women have, like, consistently been working forever. This whole idea that, like, women stay home and help out while men are the primary breadwinners. That was never black life. That was never black life. Like, I, there are a handful of people I know, maybe you're one of them, where, like, their father earned more than their, money, their mother. But, like, for the most part, it was either even or, like, fathers were in and out of jobs or the mother was, like, a consistent. Like, I, I just don't... Yeah, both my parents were consistent, but they came, they came about during a time where that was possible. Yeah. That was, a, that was what people don't understand is that that time... I messed up the microphone. What people don't understand is at that time, like, that window is passed. Like, that, that, that's not the same no more. No, and, like, honestly, even, even the Obamas. Obama never made any money, right? The money came from Michelle. They almost got divorced, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the money came from Michelle. Jobs. Because Obama was, like, trying to run for office and stuff. And sometimes winning, sometimes not. So, like, yeah. So, the idea that there's a... Uh, clean gender, what, yeah. No, I don't know what that means. Like, 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 and black men have never like black men have, uh, you know, white black women, white women. I mean, 
black women have had to work because two black men have, black men have been attacked. So yeah. if your men are being thrown in jail, you ain't got no choice but to get your stuff together, go put some money on the books or whatever you do. Like, I don't know. It's always been a partnership that's like equal. Yeah, it's always been a partnership. That's the, that's the best way to put it. Black relationship, <laughs> black marriage has always, always been, been a partnership. Sometimes it's a fighting partnership or whatever. Yeah, but whatever that's, always, you, but like, that's poverty. Poverty, you have to fight. You yeah. frustrated things happen. You stressed out and, you know, bad things happen. Yeah, but it's always been a partnership. It's not, it's, yeah. It's not like one's dominant and the other one. No, that's not black life. Right, that's, that's life when one person has wealth. Like when white men have wealth and they get white women. Yeah. That's white that's life. A, it's not like some trophy wife versus like no. a millionaire. No, that's never been black life. No. Never. No. Hey, what's up, you This is Nate from Detroit. Hey, Nate, how you doing? I think I remember that. I like it. Hey, what's up? Just one quick suggestion about the phone. If you can get everyone to just say their name and maybe where they're calling from, it would kind of facilitate it a little bit quicker. Okay. Some people but don't like to say that. Some people say they want to be anonymous. They keep telling me, like, I'm not going to say where I'm from. But I, yeah, but I, I try to do that. They can, they can give any name. Just yeah, as long as you call it back, they know, you know, they know that you're talking to them. Yeah. But I want to, I want to, uh, before I get into it, I want to kind of, um, Say this with the last caller, uh, women not working and being docile is a white construct, mm. first off. Yep. <clears throat> it has always been our, well, in this country, of course, because we were so poor, you know, it was a partnership, like uh, Irony said, absolutely. Um, you got me writing notes and stuff, but I want to get through this stuff <laughs> kind of quick. The last show, you were talking about a chip. About um, you know, w- with watching television and getting our um, our morals from what we saw on television, and uh, I'm gonna tell you because the, the thing is, white supremacy or white capital, whatever you want to call it, they are always learning. So we always ask for like these strong black male characters. So uh, in our response, they gave us Bill Cosby, yeah. and they made money off of it by telling us yeah. to go to school. Now, if you notice when when um. Because they didn't get me with Bill Cosby, the Cosby show, because I didn't like it too much. But I'm going to tell you, when Different World came on, baby, they got me so good. Me too. Oh, my God. Uh, a, different, a Different World was the, was the yeah. bomb. And just like, just like uh, Iron Man, uh, Kim was my favorite character as well. I know, right? But the thing is that if you can look, if you look, uh, education started to rise up a lot more once they realized they could make money off of, uh, off of us. Because mm. remember, we are still... We are still tools of America. Don't, don't never forget that. And that's the thing is that black people want to get into this space to where everything is fine. No. They, ain't, they, they was never done with us. They never been done with using us. No. Okay. Now when, you, now, when you were talking about uh, soul food, let me, let me break this down for you. Okay. Soul food. Big Mama's House on soul food, the series, represented symbolism. Mm. It's very important that we decided to take symbolism over raw facts and what made sense. See, all this stuff that's geared for us, it is nothing but a tool to use us, to reshape us in the image of, of another tool. That's all, it's, that's all it's ever been. What else I got down here? Oh my God. Okay, okay. That, I think that's all I got. That's all I wanted to say, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, listen, for a long time, for a long time, we had, we, we kept saying, we kept saying the same thing, right? Like, we kept saying, like, we don't have enough good images on TV. We don't have enough positive images on TV. 
So capital does what it does. It just gave us what we said we wanted. And it was just a lie. But it was what we wanted, right? That's what we kept saying. We don't want these degenerate. Like, I just want an accurate reflection of black life on TV. I don't want everybody to be crackheads. And I don't, every, I don't want you to give me all these delusions. Just give me an accurate representation of black life. And give me some people that are mad about how we've been treated in terms of, in terms of give me some indictments instead of all this aspiration, right? Who even, even, with like, even when you look at Red Fox, he wasn't like necessarily upset at what happened. He was just poor. I want some people who are upset. Write about that. Like, give me that. Like, that's what I want. And I want you to write it like you write Breaking Bad. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. I'm asking my Hollywood people, is that too much to ask? I, that's what I want. So, I, I think somebody you hung up on, the person you hung up on is mad at you in the comments or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, right. <laughs> Someone said, every, hello. Every, every, every hey, how you doing? Every hello, session, hello. I'll talk okay. How you doing? Is she there? Yes. How you doing, young lady? Pretty good. How about you? Oh, wow. I, um, I'm hanging in there. I am um, kind of frustrated. I just ran across you on YouTube. I'm at work, so I gave it a shot and I got through. Mm, good. I want to, what I want to do, Miss Yvette, is try to hit the most vital points that I can okay. in this brief time that I have with you. One of our biggest problems that we face right now, and it would, that would be very tremendous for us as a people, is to understand slavery never existed. That terminology, they know the power of words. Wow, this guy's Once we seconds. get folks to understand that we were held hostage. Oh, no, he, we were held okay. hostage. Okay, okay. okay. We were held for, that, hostage. for that period of time, okay. when you look at the definition of a hostage, it's a person that's held against their will. Those people, our ancestors, God bless their souls. They didn't know. We were born free from God. God gave us the same rights and opportunity that he gave every other race on this planet. Two words have got us in this condition. Allowance and acceptance. Everything that they've done to us, we've allowed it and we accepted it. Once you continue to let someone do something for so long, Without All right, back. Carl, we appreciate you. Thank and you, man. We ain't got and, long. We don't have long. And, and so, we ain't got long. No, Everybody want to call. People always say they can't get through, and then people come on here and want to talk all day. Get to the point, because everybody, I'm trying to get everybody through. I don't like people to keep being on the line, and they can't get through. I'm trying to get everybody through. Come on, make it concise. Like, God. Someday we're going to have to talk about the illusion of agency. Black people think we have, we, we think we have choice in, like, like, I saw a clip of Shirley Sherrod talking about her day her daddy was shot by her white neighbor. When you're living under that kind of fear, you don't have agency. No. When you're living under $200,000 worth of debt, you don't have agency. Like, we, we have to be honest about the limited agency we have as a people. The only way we get more agency is by organizing for a black politics. Yes. But we don't have that kind of agency. Like, we don't have the agency to start a business. Because in a capitalist society, freedom looks like starting a business. But also in a capitalist society, freedom looks like having capital. 
having capital to market, having capital to, to, uh, to produce, having yeah. capital to like having capital to pay employees. So if you don't have that capital, you actually don't have the freedom you to start a business. You don't have it's fake freedom. Yes. Somebody said, I read the Confessions of an Economic Hitman. I read it a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we'll, we'll do that show on like the illusions of agency. We just need to be. Yeah, I want agency. I deserve agency. Build this country free. I deserve it. Ain't nobody I want it. I deserve it. But do you have it right now? No. Exactly. So where do we get from here to there? Don't listen to those people who say that you can do what you want. You have all this agency. No, black people, you don't. Let's be honest about our limited condition and then work for a better life together. These people. Yeah. Like, I want agency, but it's an aspiration right now. Don't tell me I have it because then you're just lying to me. That's like yeah, telling I me I can like fly to lies. Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Right, yeah. Fly to Saturn. Spaceship. Space travel. You saw that show Passengers? You said that movie Passengers or something like that? No, I didn't. I saw it. Yeah, well, that's what it made me think about. You tell, you tell, you can do anything you want. But no, you can't. I can't. Shut up. You ain't you. You can't do anything you want. Telling people to go to mountains. You ain't got. You ain't got what you want. You ain't got what you tell people you can get them. That's, a, that's a bigger deal. All like, this passive aggressive stuff you do. Oh, just. Even Michael Jordan saying just do it, or like the NBA and the professional sports telling people who are five nine like myself that they can be professional basketball you five players. Nine? I'm about five nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for myself thank you very much and like me and Nate Robbins can both be NBA stars no I'm not no you can't do everything you want in this life I can still handle business <laughs> I think you gave yourself an itch though <laughs> I think you gave <laughs> boards or these school elections, that's the that's way y'all can kill them if y'all if y'all will go vote. When they ask for that money to redo something at school, if you really think about it, you think about for a yearly basis, you make 4% or 8% raise for the year. But they want to put your home taxes or your property taxes up by 34%. You're already behind in the game on top of that. So why would you go out and vote yes on doing a bond for your school you know you're already broke? If broke people will go out there and vote back down big time, then they will come back and ask you, well, what can we do different? Well, start, start um, teaching our kids different in school. When, when a Mexican is being taught, he's being taught in elementary, uh, junior high, and high school, no matter what grade he came into, English. So right there, he has, he's bilingual. Your kid, is, your, your kid isn't. If the bond does pass, how many black contracts are going to be in there? How many black kids are going to be on an after school? After school work program to either tear down that stuff um, and work and, and work at the facility after school. Those are the kind of things you need to ask for and stop just saying, uh, "I don't want to go. I don't have no time." That ha- you have to change your mentality in order to progress on for the, for the youngest who are coming along. Yeah. That's what I want to say, bro. No, thank you, bro. I appreciate it, but you got to show up. You got to start showing up, especially <laughs> where local politics is concerned. Like we might be, we're gonna have to push real hard for national politics. Politics. I don't say give up at all, right, right. but it's gonna be a heavy push. Right. It's a heavy load. Local you politics. gotta show up for local politics, though. Mm-hmm. You know that there are times I haven't shown up for local politics, right? I mean, there are times I've been just like, screw it, I ain't gonna do it, I ain't vote. But 
You got to. I, when I, when you know, when I reassessed it, I'm like, yeah, but you got to. And the thing, when I did that, though, I knew who was gonna get elected. I'm in the mo- I was, you know, mostly black community. I know the, either the people would have been okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either the Democrats would have been decent. But I think you still, especially like if you're a kid and you got school board, and then and then if you and then you got a judge, and then what we gotta start doing too? We gotta get to know our judges. We gotta start learning about our prosecutors. We gotta start learning about what they what they say about crime and what they want to do about crime. We gotta start getting into and understanding our local politicians and what they think, what they feel, their rhetoric, all of that. And so, and who know, we have to take out. And who we have to take out. Prosecutors and judges are so important. Prosecutors and judges are so important. So, so you know, when we start doing our meetups and when we start doing our groups regionality, I think that's something we should talk about. Who are the problematic? Local figures in your community. Yeah, yeah. I did a I did an entire show last week on local politics mm-hmm. on my channel. That's uh, you, my name is Irami I R A M I. You put it in YouTube. Yeah, I'll spell it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Or the funky academic. And uh, it's an l- entire local politics show where me and uh, another person, uh, Kelly uh, Ugunsana. Uh, we talk local black politics and what the, what we do on Breaking Brown would look like at a local level. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check it out. You can find it on my, my, my station, uh, The Funky Academic, and the show's title is The Black Athenians. And if you like it, subscribe to and hit the bell at, at, at The Funky Academic. You'll know when Army's on. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we got to start doing it. We got to start doing it. And it's easier to do at the local level. Or you could practice like throwing blows at the local level. Speak up at a school board. See how it feels. It might feel good to be seen. Might feel good to actually say, actually, no. You need to sit down and make sure my kid gets books. Yeah. 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 Good place to fight for your people. I agree. And your children. Sure. <laughs> can read. Hello? Hello? Hey, Matt. This is Shirley Husson. How are you doing? Hey, Shirley. Where you been? How you doing? Girl, you know we out here hustling. Every day is a hustle in California. God bless America. I'm still laughing at your last previous caller, but I won't spend my time on that one. I'm trying to breathe. Um, I have a difference with you regarding the Cosby. You know, I love you, but I think we all have different perspectives of, of Bill Cosby. I personally love the Cosby show because it came right after the era of good times where he got a 50 cent raise and they were very happy. And they lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And it was just like, you know, East Coast and West Coast is a little bit different. You know, when we're on the East Co- West Coast, we have more houses here. We don't have uh, uh, duplexes and, and multi-hundred and 200-unit complexes. That's not how the black community is, was structured during that time frame. So there were a lot of blacks who were successful and who were professionals. And, 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 and live in million-dollar houses right now in a little park who had those same homes that they had back then. Okay. But did they, they live in a seven, no, so, I mean, but did they live in a seven million dollar house as a doctor and a lawyer? The kids don't do it they didn't have $7 million houses back then. I, I, I'm a real estate. I've been licensed in real estate for 20 years. They had those brownstones, uh, uh, that particular area where they shot was making me feel like it was, it was a middle class. He was trying to portray a higher middle class American family. That's and a, I think the, a, a the people, that, the blacks of that era wanted us to think bigger than we ought to. And I think they were right to do that because 
We were constantly being suppressed to think that we weren't even subhuman. So when you're in a, and when you live in a country that has black Americans think that we're subhuman, there was a generation that said, you can be more than. Now, I never looked at TV as my reality, first of all. I just didn't. And when we talked about black politics, we never talked about uh, if my mother was a Republican or my dad was a Democrat. It was about survival on an everyday basis in a good way, not in the way that it is today. So I think the times are so different. But to criticize, I was grateful for the Cosby Show. They had several episodes. They had episodes with him and his son. I don't know if y'all remember when he took, he said, oh, you want to live on your own? Okay, go ahead. And he came back and the cold room was empty. He said, oh, you want to pay for the bed? You want to pay for the space? You want to pay for the food? That was a good example of a breakdown of the reality of how blessed you got it in this house compared to the house out on the street. No, I agree. I agree with that part. I agree with that part, Shirley. But 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 here's the part I can't agree with. Like making us think bigger without putting the policies in place to make our lives bigger is not is not is not something that I can about. Now I was a fan of the Cosby Show when I first saw it too. When I saw the Cosby Show, when I was a kid, I loved the Cosby Show. I loved the Cosby Show. But what happens is you want me to strive for more, but you're not putting the policies in place that give me redress for slavery, for redlining, for reconstruction, for the Klan and all the mobs and everything that happened in, in Tulsa. If you want me to think bigger and dream bigger, I need you to put in place the policies to make that happen. And and a, and a person that has a seven, I think, a person that has a five to seven million dollar house is not middle class. That's rich. Well, I, I don't think it's the right of a parent to put the burden of a child to think about policy. I, I just don't. My parents never did that to me. No, the right, no, the right of the my mind. No, no, no. I'm talking all about, the other things that you're talking about. No, I knew that reality existed because it was a class of conversations among the adults. No. I'm sorry, what you say? No, I say I'm talking about the writers of the Cosby Show, not the children. I'm talking about the writers of the Cosby Show who make that our job to aspire without saying anything about politics, anything about race. The writers of the Cosby Show, I disagree. The writers of the Cosby Show and any show is to hold your attention and get you to watch next week. That's yeah, it. So it's not for you to give you the realities of this is black and leather. But that's culture. I mean, when no, I watched no, no. Good Time and they were scraping and no. surviving and taking irons no. and putting them on little black girls, I couldn't no. relate to the iron with the little black girl thing. I just never, I never, and that was like, I mean, today, yeah, because of social media, but I just, that iron thing with little penny, I couldn't relate to that. So we knew that it was a hot topic back then. Um, Sanford himself was more relatable because my parents had their own business. So you saw how he hustled, got his groove on, got his money, and he was tight as an old wand. That was most of my dad and my uncle. They kept their money, all of their money, but they didn't know how much. But they were always been taken care of. So if you would think that's more reality, but their job is to hold your attention. Yeah, but, but no, 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 that's not, that's not, okay, thank you, Shirley, but that's not, that's not all, that's not the only job of, of culture, it's a cultural like, product. this is yeah. culture, this is just, this is media, culture's job is supposed to be a reflection and an interpretation of black life, it's not supposed to hold our attention and give us something fictional, now if you told me at the beginning of the Cosby Show this is a fictional representation, I'd be different, but that's not what this was. This was not set up as a fictional representation. This was set up as a representation of, of upper middle class black life. 
And this is multi-millionaire black life. This is, this is a cultural product, and cultural products matter. This is a cultural product. You can't tell me that it's just to hold my attention. Because this is the Cosby Show is, is not just to hold my attention. This is a cultural representation of my black life. That's what it all is. That's what culture does. That's what cultural products do. They're supposed to be representations, like I said, interpretations of our real life. And, they, and, and to a certain extent, they do define real life. This is culture. Like, if anybody knows, like, look up Joseph Campbell. Um, he talks about, he talks a lot about myths in cultures. And one of the things I see is that we create new myths through the medium of, of, of TV. And this was like, this is our culture that he was interpreting. This is our culture that Cosby was interpreting and, and, and projecting back to us. And during the crack era, right? So, like, you know, I, 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 can't, I just can't get down with the idea of, like, well, I couldn't get down with Penny because Penny is poor. Yeah. You no. know, and somebody said all TV is programming. Yeah, but I agree. But, but, but listen. It's important. Some of it, but some of the way that stuff is programmed isn't the same as the way other TV do. Right. Like, when you look at Breaking Bad, like I've mentioned this before, it was not only talk about Walter White in terms of what he did in meth. It was an indictment of capitalism in terms of the fact that this man had to do all of this to like try to take care of his health and then he got so greedy he didn't want to let it go because by that time capitalism, he was invested in capitalism and everything that came with it and having the most because he never had it with the business, he had it with his friends and everything else. It's not all just programming in that way. Some of it really is art and it's a reflection of something much more deeper than that. What I'm telling you is this was social, making us to socially conform in a way that didn't allow us to count and didn't allow us to, to, to put numbers and say this doesn't make sense. Okay? So, I mean, that's what, that's just all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, t- t- how, can, how can you be a black person? Well, and so many of our cultural, um, so many of our cultural artifacts were destroyed yeah. or managed by like southern terrorism <laughs> and anti-black terrorism. How can you be a black person and, t- and say that culture doesn't matter? That that because like, that's all we have. And this is still like, our culture. Well, like people don't understand this like, is our culture. culture like matters. people don't understand it. Like people's like, well, that's just movies. No, movies are a part of American culture. Yeah. Yeah, there's a I mean, I'm not going to talk about it on this show, but my my tattoo is culture. Right. It's American culture. Like, but, but, but I, I, culture matters. And you can't just say, well, their only job is to get us to tune in. This is a cultural representation of who we are. Yeah, well, And we ain't that. I and mean, we're not that. I think it just matters more because of us. Because, like, in some other communities, you might be able to talk to, like, a few different grandparents about what went on in stories. But, like, we've been moving for so long. There's a great migration. Like, I mean, my mom grew up in the South, but I grew up in California. So, like, I couldn't talk to my grandma about anything. And then I had to move back because I priced out of California now. So, like, so, like, our families are scattered. So, like, these cultural products for black America actually mattered. And we need to take them seriously. That's why we do a media show. Yeah. You can say, oh, what a vet says is just a YouTube channel. She's just trying to... to um, to get clicks, but no, we actually take our job seriously. I mean, a vet like preps for the show because she knows this is a cultural product. We do political education here. We're trying to increase your capacity to govern. <coughs> this matters. Yeah. Somebody said, let me see that tattoo. You ain't seeing nothing. Hush. <laughs> this matters. I think we, what we do matters. 
Yes, I can hear you. Okay, this is Chris calling in from Cambridge. Hey, Chris. And, yes, I'm one of those millennials that's very blessed to make six figures, uh, but student loan debt is unreal. I went to elite school, you know, had that rich uncle, that rich uncle died, and... It's just, I'm seeing my white counterparts, they're buying houses, they're buying condos. I see my other black millennial friends and friends in their 30s and 40s. Cambridge, Boston area, it's expensive, nobody can afford anything. But people just, they just keep thinking this hard work is going to get there. It's, it's just never going to happen. Yep. Some people, the only way I'm going to buy a house is the reparations or scratch off. <laughs> this is scratch off. Harvard people should not be talking about scratch-offs. Yep. <laughs> but that's where we're at. Definitely Our black right. Harvard people talk about scratch-offs. You know, like, they're both just like, it just seems like people just can't, we just can't get it together. In Boston, it's, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. Like, you know, people are broke. Yeah. Like, I mean, a house here, a minimum $400,000. Minimum. And it's, and it's a condo. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what Harvard is. This, this, this is no hope. Yeah, so why are you living there? I love what you're doing. Come, move Thank down you. south. You can't afford to live there anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, but I don't know if moving down south. Like, see, here's the thing. Like, Ivy says move down south. I don't know if moving down south is a benefit, right? No, I'm originally from the south. I'm originally from the south. And um, if you move back to the Atlanta area, you can't get anything within the perimeter under. not appropriate it's i you know like the goal is to live in a middle class black community well here's the thing here's the thing like i was i was re- i read so much stuff about the south i'm from the south i'm from georgia and like the the thing is like with the court system there's no upward mobility for black people like the property is cheap but then there's so many other things that are wrong so the problem is for me is just like you we're always running. Like, my problem is that, like, America's done had black people running for years. Like, we had to run from the south to Chicago. We had to run from the south to the north. We had to go here there. They done had us running for years. I'm tired of running. I got priced out of my hometown. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, and I- she might be priced out, too. But I'm just saying that, like, the south has a lot of limitations. Don't go to Mississippi. Yeah. Good God. Well, we have to make the south livable. Look. That's like some real black politics right there. Yeah, honestly, if we're, we're trying to talk about the kind of black politics that'll get black people in trouble. So we might, like, if people do what we ask them to do and get their politics right, 
there are going to be threats. What do you say to that? A vet's trying to get me killed. A vet's trying to get my son killed. <laughs> a vet's trying to get a vet killed. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I think, I think, I think, I, I don't know. I think you have to, I just think at this stage in the game, you have to do, you, I mean, you don't have a right. I, I, you know, this is, this is very difficult for me because I don't think as a black person, you have a right to like save yourself. I mean, we have like the, everything that we have in this country is purchased through blood of people who couldn't save themselves. You just don't have that right. You just got to put it on the line and do what you got to do. That's just, that's just life. It's not fair, but it's life. We got next call up. <coughs> hey, how you doing? Vegas. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, first, I got three points. First is Uber. I drive for Uber, but okay. that's because there ain't no other jobs out here, and I don't have no other choice. Gotcha. The second is, y'all talking about people going out to vote. Like you said, 10% of black men is incarcerated, and another third has been through the judicial system. First thing you lose when you go through the judicial system is your right to vote. Mm. Yep. Third, Bill Cosby. Y'all dogging Bill Cosby bad. I kind of understand, but then again, I don't. The first time you heard about Bill Cosby and all these rapes was exactly one week after he put in an offer to buy NBC. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. These women are saying, Bill Cosby raped me. They ain't saying he raped me once. They ain't saying he raped me twice. This girl saying he raped her three times. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Third time, I liked it. <coughs> One last quick comment. They're talking about, I like Star Trek. I was reading that in the comments. They put a black man in charge of Star Trek. The show was on a different time every week. They said they didn't get no ratings, then they canceled it. That's how black is treated in this country. Thank you for taking my call. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Carla. I'm not necessarily talking bad about... I, I didn't talk anything about what Bill Cosby allegedly did. I'm just saying I don't care. Like, I'm not talking about what he did or he didn't do. I don't care. Well, you talked <coughs> about him wagging his finger at black people who are like... Yeah, but then that's why I don't care. Right. Because nobody made you make that pound cake speech. And people say, well, he gave money to Morehouse or whatever. Yeah, he gave money to kids who were who were graduating college and he forgot about poor people trapped in the ghetto and who were at, who were victims. He forgot about them. He didn't care about them. He said, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all are dysfunctional. I'm not saying anything about these trials. It's a lie. That's a lot of women. If they're lying, it's a lot of women that lie. But I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying I don't care. Just like you didn't, just like you didn't reach out to black people and go to poor neighborhoods or and say, what's going on with you or whatever, or talk about changing the policies. You, you gave one end of it, which is the real dysfunction that we see in the ghettos. That is real dysfunction. But that dysfunction derives from something. It derives from us being from, from 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 us having no access to capital, meaning jobs, meaning wealth, any of that. Meaning you, your your daddy's in jail and your mama's doing stuff that she shouldn't have to do, tricking and all kinds of stuff to do that. And so to maintain for you. So what I'm saying to you, not I'm not talking anything about what he did with these women except for the fact that you were doing a whole lot of stuff while you were wagging your finger. You were wagging a lot of other stuff too, weren't you? 
I'm telling you that I don't care what happens because you shouldn't have did that. Now you want to play victim, but you never let black people play victim when bad stuff was happening to black people, especially in poor and lower middle class neighborhoods. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you wouldn't, you wouldn't let us be the victim or, or black people in those neighborhoods be the victim. So now I don't, I don't have any sympathy for you trying to be the victim. In terms of Uber, I have no problem with you driving Uber if that's all you can do. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying understand what it is and understand what is there to mask. I don't have any problem. That's the only way you got to pay your bills. Then by God, you do it. And you do it proudly. And don't let nobody convince you to quit your job and file LLC paperwork. You do that and you do it gladly. I'm just telling you about the cost that's going to come at the end. And I'm telling you about that this was set up for you to not to have anything. That's all I'm saying. Let's take the last call, Arm. Oh, last one, right? Yep. 10.35, I think. He's like, this is too long. The show too long. Hey. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Yvette? Yes. Army? Yes. <laughs> yo, yo, this, this Theodore from the nation's capital, you know what I mean? How you doing, Theodore? Oh, hey, I'm going through it. You know, I'm going through it. You, 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 you gave me a heads up talking about your life is about to get miserable. What was it? What are the shows you said that? Wicked. Wicked. Wicked, right, exactly, and you were right, and, 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 and that was an understatement. Anyway, I want to get through a couple of things, and I'm going to give everybody a solution at the end of this. Don't cut me off, Jaime, and hats off to you for, you know, letting the lady know. Uh, I can't take you out again after this for a little while because I just bought a bike. Hey, hey man. <laughs> hey, I, hey. Cannot, I, I cannot even tell. I, me personally, I'd have pimped my way through that. But, you know, <laughs> now, back in the day, that's what I did. But now I'll be straight up honest because that's what you said. We got to do. We got to be honest. So that's, and that pisses yeah. people off, I come to find out. But anyway, listen, <laughs> I like this guy. I'm a Breaking Brown member. I push, I push, I push what you push all day, every day. I am black out loud. Listen, I just come out of a little in and out day surgery, going in. The admittance, the lady that admitted me, I'm looking around now. I look around now because of you. I, I look for members of my tribe. Mm. Okay? My, and, and, you, and we know what that is. You right? Yeah. Okay? And I see this lady, and I asked, I said, you from here? She said, yeah. I said, you were born here, here, here. She said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, well, let me just say, I'm glad to see you, because a lot of us don't have what you have, which is a job, you know. And I told her, and I said, they don't pay you enough. But whatever they're paying you, I don't know what it is, but you ain't getting paid enough. She said, well, I thank you. And I said, I'm going to show you how I know. And I threw up the article about the 100-year penalty for being black. That's, that's a Breaking Brown member that carries around receipts, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm you talking, talking about. about. You told me that. Not only that, not only oh, she looked at it, right? She looked at it, she paused, you know, forgot, you know, stop what she was doing about the admitting to the hospital, check that out. I said, and, and I said, so we start talking, and, you know, and she's like, yeah, what about Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah, Steve Harvey said, I don't give a damn about slavery. I said, yeah, he's one of those gatekeepers. And I explained to her what a gatekeeper was. And, you know, she got to talk to you all day. I said, well, guess what? You can find me every Monday and Wednesday. I'm on YouTube, on the, on the live stream. You got Carnell, 9 p.m. Be there. That's where I'm at every night. Every Monday and Wednesday night. I'm going to so get this Negro laid. That's going into surgery. I'll stop and get gas if I see one of the members of our tribe. Hey, hey, hey. You gonna watch the show tonight? You know, <laughs> show. I said, I said, you can hear, right? You know, me and I plug them in. You know, but in any event, that's what I do. 
You know, <laughs> and, and and I just gotta say, you know, we got, you know what? This is the mix to the problem. I told y'all I was gonna get to that. Okay, we need you to be POTUS. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how much that's gonna cost. I don't know what it's gonna take, but that's what we need. Because if we get that, then we got everything. Hey, you ain't gonna argue for me, brother. <laughs> I mean, you know, just, 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 just for a minute, just listen, everybody listen, and think about it. Ladies and gentlemen of the United States, I give you your president-elect, Yvette Cornell. I like that. I like it, brother. I like it. And let me tell you something. I'm gonna get, right, that, so. I'm gonna get everything done in the first 100 days, because they ain't gonna give me another 100 <laughs> <laughs> Hey look, hey look, hey look! I, I need to hook up with the late, uh, the, 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 who, the girl that lives in BC, uh, lady, my bad. She just turned forty. She called the, the last show. Uh, her name was Regina. She needs to hook up with me. She needs to catch me at the skating rink. Yeah. Only skating rink that's not in BC. Yeah. Everybody know where it's at. Crystal Skate Rink. I'm there Sunday night. It's gonna take a minute for me to get back there. I just got up off of surgery, but <laughs> you can't miss it. I'm gonna be the one sliding across the floor. So hopefully she'll hear that. <laughs> so we and her need to get together. We're gonna start a chapter here in DC <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna go from there. Just got got to, we, got to, we got to make something happen. No, I agree. Thank uh, you, Carl. So that was great. a very important call that for was a few great call. black people. That's what organ that's what organizing. Love, love you too. Thank you, Carla. Alright, so that was a very important call. <laughs> yeah, that was a very important call because black people are listening at home. That's what organizing looks like. Yeah, that's what say organizing it, looks it, like. He said, "Meet me at the skating ring. We're gonna go and we're gonna start a Breaking Brown chapter." That's your role model, people. That's how we get this movie. And that's how and start a Breaking Brown chapter. And I'm gonna come out there. She said it. Hold I'm gonna sell some t-shirts to finance. But I'm gonna come out there. Look in the camera and, and say that. Start a Breaking Brown faction or whatever. I'm a, and I'm going to name all the factions. Start a Breaking Brown faction in your community. I'm coming out. Right. And look, if we get enough subscribers and get enough people donating on BreakingBrown.com, I can send an intern with you and we'll do a show out there. Yeah, we'll do a show out there. We'll, we'll just come out there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll, I'll go out there with you. I'll, I'll run you it. You got to come out and they're going to be looking for you. They're going to be like, where are you at? I'll, I'll, like, yeah, we get, we get our subs up, our subscribers up and like, We'll do a show at your place. Yeah, that brother's going around talking He's about organizing. what we're doing. That's, that's organizing what we Organizing is do. one person at a time. That's what it takes, and that's what he does. Going into surgery, telling somebody about this show. That's what it takes, though. That's what it takes. And, and you know what? And having been an organizer for a while, sometimes organizing might get you laid. I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> you think I'll he was it. flirting with the woman? Who got- <laughs> no problem. He was doing the Lord's work right there. He was talking ain't about this show. Ain't wrong with him. He if he wanted to if he what he was doing. Yes. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We can do that. He's That's something smart, we can do. He's a smart black him. man on this show. He white breaking right. He want to flirt and flirt. Leave that man alone. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> yes, so that's what organizing looks like. Talk to your people. When you're waiting at the, uh, the, the grocery store or whatever, say, hey, you know about Yvette Carnell, Breck and Brown? She said some good things. Yeah. I, I'm getting people together. And if I can get people together, she's going to come out and we're going to all have a conversation. Right, and if you, want to make, if you want to make this your move, hey, come over to my place. We watch Breck and Brown together every Monday and Wednesday night. I yep. support that move. That's, yep. a good, that's a righteous move. Yep. I'm gonna give everybody names. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to name all the meet up, the, all the breaking brown factions. <laughs> That's your move. If people are looking like, where do I find the right woman? Where do I find the right partner? I'll tell you if they're yeah, watching. Yeah, because that's what he talked about. You and the bicycle, right? Right. Like 
you you gonna have a better time finding them by somebody who listens to what we listen to because they understand what we understand. If You're not you, gonna find them. What you gonna? What else you gonna try to find them? The root. <laughs> no. If you and anyone you just randomly meet watch a show at the, watch this show at your meetup, and you could talk about the show afterwards for a half hour. That's a good date, and that's someone you want to be with. Yeah, because they even they want to know they 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 they're, they're actively searching knowledge. They're being grown. And they're not going to punish you for being broke. They're not going because they know what it comes from. They know it's systemic. They don't. They don't be like, well, what's wrong with you as an individual? Why can't you take me out to places? Nope, we'll tell. Them. And not just places. Why can't you take me out to expensive places? <laughs> it's twenty five dollars a plate here. <laughs> what you want me to do? I'm sorry, baby. Didn't you hear a vet say we're broke? <laughs> yes. I bring out the data. Listen, this is twenty five dollars. Why we go home and I make you a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I make a nice tuna melt. <laughs> I'm a good man. A vet says, I got a job. I'm not going to be a baller. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I tell everybody, not even men, women, everybody. Don't we no need to look at this stuff. This is stuff people told us we need to like. Yeah. Stuff people told us. Restaurants, they told us we got to go to all the time. I'm not saying you ain't bit off too much life. You can't go sometime. I'm not telling you never to go out. I'm just saying. Like, can y'all split a bill? Or can y'all, can y'all, can y'all, can, sometimes can y'all cook? Y'all would have a lot of fun making macaroni and cheese together. Y'all would look so yeah. cute. <laughs> and then talking about why you have to do it by using this show. Yeah, and make some dressing and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's kind of so I want to thank everybody. You know, I want to. Somebody said we black and broke, baby. <laughs> I want to thank you. You'd be surprised you can have fun. You can. Yes, because you got Netflix. And Netflix is net. What is Netflix and chill? Netflix is like a nine dollars a month. Netflix and chill and make y'all some food. You'd be surprised how much. Even if you want to have some alcohol, you can go and get you a six-pack or a bottle of two-buck chip or, or something. You can do all of that. Like, you ain't got to do all that stuff people telling you. They just want to take your money. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It is now time for us to, um, to somebody said come to Denver. It's time for us to go. We'll see you again Monday. I got to fly to town on Friday. <sighs> something bit me and I itch. But I got to fly to town on Friday, But so I don't know about the quick hits. Whatever. Uh, but look, I'll be back. I still say, you invite someone to watch this show together, that's a good date. Better than a movie. Yeah, that's a good date to watch the show together. And then watch y'all can watch show? another show after this show. Y'all ain't got to leave. You ain't got to go home. You can watch another show after this show. You can watch another. You can put, watch we're going to watch Yvette and Iron Man. Then we're going to put on Netflix. <laughs> that's a good date. It's a good day. It's a good day. Make some food. Make your own drinks. That's better than buying them out. Make your own drinks. Buy your own little vodka you and put some flavors and snaps in there and laugh and giggle and talk and bring out your books and compare notes. That's a good day. Did you know that what they're talking about? I want to thank everybody for who called in. We had a great call in show today. We had a great show. Subscribe to this if you haven't already subscribed. Hit the ring, that bell button on there. You see the bell button? Hit that for me. If you haven't already hit that. Also, what I want you to do, go to BreakingBrown.com and subscribe. You can also go to DonateBrown.com. You can go subscribe to Brown.com. And if you want to do the $2 a month newsletter, subscribe at BreakingBrown.com, and I send out links and all that stuff. So, till next time, people, I had a blast. I enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. Love you.